0: You flaming idiot. Take this! Feel the power of my magic!
1: Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and nb's to Watery Desho's Stream of Thought for "Keep Your Hands Off Azokin," the final, the the last time we'll be visiting with our favorite trio. You know what? No, our favorite quartet. Uh, thank, thank and- you. I was about to say
0: <laughs> that I was gonna get very indignant all of a sudden then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> our favorite quartet, our favorite film club, um are, are lovely, lovely ladies who are passionate about anime, who make anime, and who show us the process of making anime, who show us
0: The who, joy who show of us making us life,
1: Shadon, who show us yeah. life and all that it contains, all the myriad lessons. That we can learn and things we could apply, mottos, principles to live by. I'm the subtle doctor. I'm gonna lead us through this. I'm gonna to attempt to, in these trying times, do this double shot of Azerken 11 and 12, along with my friend, my ally, my Nakama, the hardest working man in pod business,
0: Shadon. You know, I'm just going to come out and say it. Uh, this show, now that's concluded, it has slid into my top three anime of all time. I don't say that lightly, but I mean it. Just coming out the gate with the, the takes. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, Penguin Drum, number one. Still, obviously. Land of the Lustrous, number two. Obviously. But number three? Nope. That's it now. Aesigen's in there, because... <clears throat> when it comes to, like, Penguin Drum, I... had I adore that show as like a work of art because like, there's so much to unpack from it. It just keeps on giving and giving and giving and giving the more you it, For Land of Lustrous, I appreciate it both as a technical marvel and also just for the raw emotion it brought me. And also just for being a very holistic work where it was also funny but very like melancholy and very insightful. For Azekun, I think this completes the Trinity for me because Azekun is pure joy. Well, it's unrestrained joy, but it's un- But it's also got a lot to say about the creative process, about team working, and even about like you know how we, as people, like you know, can create things and like the adversities we face. I and mean, that's particularly true as we learn in these final two episodes, where we learn the origin story. I did not expect to see of Kanamori and Asuka uh, uh, becoming comrades, not friends, comrades, as it were. So yeah, I am I am very, very comfortable slotting this show into my top three to make, to make the holy trinity of great anime that I personally adore. Holy shit, I I'm so you know what? I, I'm gonna say as well. I'm sad to see this show end, not least of which is because we need all the rays of sunshine we can get right now. But but I'm also glad it is ending, and you might think to yourself, whoa whoa you did not just drop that hot fire on my lap i'm like no 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 uh, hear me out don't don't come like you know fly through my window security club to like you know tase me or anything please don't do that don't send the drones after me because i think that with azer and like you know i could see it eventually wearing out its welcome as anything would by going on in perpetuity. Now, granted, that means that, that doesn't mean there aren't shows that can do that, like One Piece, for example. Or even Jintama, which went on for like hundreds of episodes before it finally concluded. Um, but I think the way that it has ended, uh, which I will discuss in detail later, I think that it went out on just the right note at just the right time, where it left us wanting more, but also left us immensely grateful for what we did get. Um, so, yeah... Uh, I'm all smiles thinking about this show, and it's gonna. I'm gonna keep on smiling as I think about it in the months to come. Um, so, from me to you, uh, Masaki Uasa Sai, Sero, Young Choi, and all the others, uh, mm-hmm. thank you, thank you for what you've given us. Uh, even before everything that was going on right now, like this show was just absolutely wonderful. It made me smile. It made me laugh. It made me think. It made me want to start writing, and it stoked that fire in me. I. I cannot uh, show my gratitude enough. Like words are inadequate, you know, for this kind of thing. I only, and the only reason it's not higher is because of the ridiculously, like you know, great company that it keeps in my own personal top three. I mean, that's some heavy hitters there. But hey, I'm glad we got it.
1: Yeah, that was that was well said. Thank you for those heartfelt words, uh, and thank you uh, as well for me, uh, Sai Saru, Yuasa San, uh, Young Choi. And everyone else involved uh, Making this, it has been delightful And as you said, like Particularly now Because, you know While, while these uh, Episodes that we do on uh, Stream of Thought are meant to be um, they, they are meant to be I don't know if Evergreen is the right word, but I, I Think that they're meant to be Like you could come back and listen to them Later if you were following along with the show They're not like current events based They're very much, like, about the show exclusively. And, like, but also they are a time capsule in some ways, too. That's a lot of, like, why we do the summaries for archival purposes. And sort of adjacent to that, I just think, you know, (laughs) for anyone listening to this uh, years out who has unearthed this MP3
0: file... Uh, Stumbled onto our pod Without (laughs) knowing when this was from Or what the hell is happening It's on on my Saitama shaped USB drive that's just been Excavated (laughs) by aliens from like (laughs) Venus or something
1: (laughs) Incredible We're recording this uh, Like during uh, the global COVID nineteen novel coronavirus pandemic, as most people listening right
0: now. I honestly. really wish it was a very novel virus; that would have been great. But no, That would be, we had to get the novel be variety. Thanks a bunch. And so, you know,
1: because because that's the case. Like a lot about our life is different and has changed. Uh, a lot more stress is part of our day to day right now as we learn to figure out how to how to cope. And so, like the fact that we do have something in our lives that is pure joy, like the show, um, is amazing. It's it's a godsend right now because of how joyful it is, um, and how uh, warm, and the comrade, uh, camaraderie, and and everything else uh, on display in the show Um, is really. It's just a life affirming kind of show. Um, and that's, I think, always good entertainment, but uh, definitely timely. Uh, and by the way, because of, uh, COVID-19, uh, I am located elsewhere than my usual recording spot. I am at home, and thus, there are lots of sounds and noises that you may be hearing on my end. Um, you may or may not know this, you know, if you only listen to our Azukan shows, this will be the first time. You're hearing this message from me. Um, So uh, apologies on the front end that Uh, uh, it's going to sound
0: weird and unusual. You're worried Um, about nothing. I mean, that BBC reporter went viral when the kid came in through the front, you know, through the door in his bedroom. It's fine. You know, this, I mean, come on. Katamori has taught us, if if she has taught us anything, it's you've got to use whatever advantage you you can muster, you know, in order to generate views and go viral. I'm just saying, I'm just saying maybe we should
1: come up with a new term for going viral now. <laughs> like, yeah, you know the, the idea of becoming popular or something being looked at a lot. I feel like it's now time to
0: move on from the phrase going viral. <laughs> <laughs> something 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 mass market. We'll we'll figure it out, you know. <laughs> um that's the same oh, mass. same mass appeal in the same way you say mass fair oh way that was shit too oh crap right we're working out off off pod folks it'll be fine in fact yes but yes. um I, if i may just add Listen, to something to
1: you so go on i i before before you add i need to question you about your top your top three um two questions one uh
0: no welcome to the nhk is it sort of like I still haven't rewatched it, so I can't keep holding on to a memory, you know, something that may not be necessarily relevant to me anymore. Uh, that is, by the way, still one of my projects I have planned for the future to rewatch the show with the knowledge I have now and the minds I have now, which actually will tie into the thing I was going to say in addition to what you've said. Uh, Balkan Batsat. Uh, you have? Did you have anything else to add about myself? My second question
1: and- was, um, why are you committing the crime of leaving Macross Frontier off your top three? Don't say it's nine out of ten. I don't want to hear about some objective rating nonsense. We're talking about personal favorites. Why is Macross Mac Frontier not in your top problems. three? Because it's still got
0: problems. I'm sorry. It does. The, so do the other shows. <laughs> not Every the show. Has problems. Not to the same degree. What? I'm sorry, it's not in the top three, man. I just... I, look Criminal. Thought criminal. <laughs> I, look, if I'm going to be damned, I'm going to be damned for who I am, right? So, you've, I'm afraid you're just going to have to Take the L on this one, Doc. I'm sorry.
1: Uh, it's not me. You're hurting. It's Cheryl Nome. <laughs> when, when look. You I've got sick, two
0: figures. I've got two figures of her on my shelf.
1: Right. Exactly. You have you no know. figures of Foss or.
0: And that's going to change eventually. Girl. That's going to change as well. Or, like Himari's going to be up there. Foss is up there. It's all going to change. I promise you that. I actually want penguin drum plushies, by the way, for my uh for my sofa. But anyway, although then again, <laughs> may, may, really may, may, maybe appro- maybe appropriating a penguin symbol that is associated with the death cult in that show is possibly not the best <laughs> idea. Anyway. No, just uh, did the
1: little tiny, like the guys that wander around and spray each other that's in the, the face. That's
0: why I mean. They are still the penguins, though. They are still intrinsically tied to that. And this is turning into a penguin drug podcast. Shit. I'm going to have to save that for a different time. Okay. Uh, right. So the point I was going to make, though, and this is why I, funnily enough, you mentioning Welcome to CHK is so cogent, actually. It would be remiss and disingenuous of us not to mention the times in which we have, you know, consumed this media and what it means to us as a result. We don't watch things in a vacuum, you know, we don't watch things without some sort of understanding of the outside world or even our own moods, our own lives, you know, building into that. This is why Welcome to NHK was my top anime for such a long time, because it was, at the time I watched it, very important, very meaningful to me. Like it, you know, helped me understand my own... A place in the world my own life and also what i could have potentially been had things been a tiny little bit different but that was a long time ago when i watched that i'm a different per- well not necessarily a different person but i'm a you know a different version of me you know so that's why it doesn't quite hold the same uh weight in my mind anymore especially since i haven't re- watched it in so long whereas land of Lustrous is a much more relevant mis- work for me recently um penguin in itself is just timeless work of art and azakin like you know we've watched it during a pretty rubbish year all told so no wonder what we like it, it. <laughs> what a bad yeah. year my yeah. goodness.
1: and it's have we even ra- i don't even think we've rounded the quarter pole yet
0: we're almost no there. can we can we save scum this you know i'm just saying <laughs> we,
1: <should. laughs> we, should. we need to go back to january quickly (laughs) make some different
0: choices (laughs) go go to last checkpoint that would be great okay uh so yeah um i'm unreservedly i think this show is great and when the opportunity presents itself i'm going to pick up the manga by the way because i want to because while i'm happy with the where the anime ended like with land of the lustrous i also want to kind of get more but in a kind of compartmentalized space in my mind so seeing yet seeing the manga itself i think would definitely be worthwhile
1: totally totally um, so are you ready to take the plunge into, into covering the episodes? Um, oh hell
0: yes. So do you want to cover the polls from last
1: time? We should. Uh, and we should say that there will be no polls from this time because this is not a live stream. So kind of the, the fun hook of you know doing the live update on them uh, is, is not present. And I might even still have felt differently and wanted to include them if this wasn't the end, but when we're starting a new thing, um, you know, if we have polls that weren't responded to live, like going back and looking at those, just a lot of reasons, I think, to not have them this time. But it doesn't mean that we have less love for the show. It's not against anything against the show. It is is, uh, to do with circumstances.
0: Exactly. And besides, the only poll I'd pull up for I these two episodes is was Kanamori using an angle grinder the best thing you've ever seen in your entire goddamn lives? And there would only <laughs> that be... <was> so good. <laughs> I was dying with laughter at that. Like... Thug-arina. As soon as she kicked the door, I was just like... It was just so good. But anyway... Or was uh, Bellina. F- Funk- f- oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, My goodness. Little moments, man. Just Why? little things that make you smile. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Co- cozy, by the way, Cozy Asakusa at the end of episode 12 is such an amazing mood, and I will, I wish to replicate that someday. I've never seen Swan yes. look so comfortable in an animated show. Hmm. Uh, but I will get to that, because I want to talk about that moment later. Anyway, yeah. uh, so, polls. This is for episode 10, by the way. Uh, so, the first poll goes something a little bit like this. Is the school right to demand the Azekun not make any money from Comet A or elsewhere? Eleven percent of you said yes. Uh, please, you know, uh, show you're working on this one. Please explain yourselves. See me after class. <laughs> yes, see, yes, I will be there with my giant red sharpie, and I'll be doodling on your face. Uh, but otherwise, eighty nine percent of you had the right idea and said no. They are perfectly within their rights to make as much money as they want from Comet A or elsewhere. Poll number two: Which of the following three options is best? Uh, Kanamori coming in at six percent. Mini Mori, coming in at 22%, and Canna Money, coming in at 72%. I would have, if I'd known, added in Fug Bolina as a fourth option, but <laughs> sadly, you know, like I say, we can't save scum this and, you know, do things differently as much as we would like to. Lack like of right. foresight. <laughs> oh, man. Um, poll number three. Is there ever a bad time to reference the Akira bike slide? 65% you said, hell no, do it all the time. And 35% you said, only went into DMs. I'm sure that someone on TikTok has done that at least once. Uh, and you know what? Maybe I'll have to try it myself someday. Although in my luck, I'd probably end up completely, like, you know, breaking every bone in my body and also wrecking my bike. Also, I'd have to get a bike first. So that's kind of, like, you know, step one. Fundamental problem here with this plan. Poll number four. Should the second half of the episode have ended on an actual conflict with a resolution between Kanemori and Ascusa, given that the farmer was continually getting distracted? Uh, I actually probably should have written the latter here because I got them the wrong way around. I was tired. I'm always tired. That's my excuse. Anyway, uh, 35% you said yes. Uh, there should have been an actual conflict that got resolved as a result. Uh, but 65% you were totally cool with it as presented. And you know what? I'm fine with it either way, to be quiet. I personally preferred a conflict, but that's very much your mileage may vary on this one. And poll number five, and this is something that I will be bringing up very soon with my own thoughts on it. Should Domeki have finally been inducted into the Asican and therefore would have also appeared in the OP along with the trio? Eighty-nine uh, percent of you said absolutely lootly, and eleven percent of you have no souls, uh, as confirmed by the scientific process through this poll, and said no. Uh, she should not be inducted into the Asican. I don't know how one decides that, uh, but again, please show your working. Uh, Red Sharpies. So will here's be, uh, the Redic.
1: here's the argument, right? Um, oh man, there we be, go. Uh... If I'm going to be uh, that guy and argue that the guy. other side? Um, one, uh, she must maintain membership in the sound club for the sound club to be a thing, which the Azokin can need and she needs. And also, I believe there's a clause at school that says you cannot be a member of two clubs. Um, mm-hmm. Now... The poll was not about rewriting the rules if we want to rewrite the rules the school rules like the school rules need to be rewritten in many ways as we talked about last time Um, but as constituted I'm not sure that she could and remain like uh, president of the sound club and also have the sound club still exist and then there's the whole deal of um, like I think Alexander brought it up about considering her feelings and her wanting to remain out of the limelight Uh, being in the op like she's just in the background behind the camera doing the mixing where she wants to be so Mm. i think i think those will be good arguments for it but having said all that i mean she really should be in the op like let's not let's not play around
0: (laughs) yeah exactly exactly all right, then. So that ends the polls. Um, as of when normal res- service resumes, we will be doing polls again, folks. Or maybe even do it, you know, in, a, in this new temporary format as we go forward. Uh, because we can confirm that, of course, we will still be doing uh, stream of thought. Stream now being uh, encapsulated in quotation marks, of course. Um, on a new show uh, when it starts airing. But we'll reveal that at the end of this podcast. So it's not quite right. business as usual, but business is still ongoing here at Warrior Show. That I can assure you of.
1: Business is still
0: ongoing. Yes. The non-essential business of WD
1: still operating, uh, working remotely for your benefit. Um, okay, so here's how we're going to do this with the episodes. Uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time on summaries um, because we've got a lot of ground to cover. So what I'm going to do is read the Wikipedia summary for each episode and... As, as I get to each episode Then I will talk about the episode director Rather than doing them both at once um, And then we'll get to Our big picture Opinions and Discussion points So episode 11 Each other's existence um, Sorezone zo no <laughs> Gosh that's a that's a mouthful uh, Sorezone no uh, sanzai. I believe it is. Listeners, please um,
0: comment if uh, Doc pronounced that correctly so I can send him a fiver via PayPal. Because right. that, did, that did sound tricky. I mean, if I, you know, said that, I'd probably end up, like, accidentally mangling my words into Japanese and therefore making them some really, really awful insult. Which makes me glad I am currently stuck inside, actually, you know. Can you imagine me out and about saying, trying to say that out loud? Probably it's, get me arrested.
1: If it was in English, it would just be sore zone. But that's not Ooh. how... That's not how... The language work so it's like sorezone but I had to really look at the word to like to get that one for whatever reason that was that was yeah. like, I tripped over that one um but I had, no
0: I, had saw, I, had, I had a saw zone once it was in my head and that was <laughs> after I drank an entire bottle of vodka <laughs>
1: Sorezone no sansai um so uh Atsuko uh Tonomizu is the episode director for this episode and they actually uh directed episode two of the show so Ooh. they've got uh, a couple of episodes the you know the one right before the end and the one right after the beginning. So poetic. Uh yeah, yeah. Um funnily enough they also did the same for uh an anime called I'm being harassed by the sexiest man of the year. Um, what? <laughs> yep. Uh Daikaichi, that's a, that's a, that's a
0: show. <laughs> that's yeah, a show.
1: Uh, but, called the Kaichi, I'm being harassed by the sexiest man of the year, Dash TV. Um, received high marks on Anime News Network. Aired during the fall of 2018. Wow. Um, gee, I wonder what service. I can't really tell from this page what picked it up. I think it's a Funimation one, though, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, but... <laughs> um, but other other CV items for Tonomizu-san Let's see Um Nothing that I'm kind of Scrolling through that I know Of too much actually Um uh, Oh I'm sorry We've got some crossover with Second Stream my friend Because what? This person directed episode 4 Of The Case Files of Jeweler Richard My god Yes. <laughs> I don't even remember what episode four was in particular, but it was a good episode because that was a run it, it, of,
0: of quite good yeah. episodes. Yeah. Uh, you know, like now I just want the Jewel of Rich good crossover where Kanamori's just trying to get a gem evaluated <laughs> sure. for money. Like, you just see it like this, like, you know, Richard and Seiyu, they're trying to impart some wisdom on her about her character. And she's just like, yes, I get you, but how much is it worth? but no 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 Katamori san you, you don't understand this 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 thing is priceless to your history as a person no I I just want the money there's that's no, all I want there's
1: no such thing as priceless <laughs> <laughs> you fool um also uh Tonomizu was production assistant on the first Danganronpa anime um ah which is uh from what I've seen and I've seen a bit of a, a faithful adaptation of that game um Nothing more, nothing less So uh, here we go With the summary of this episode <clears throat> And now we enter the segment Doc reads to you Because I'm going to read the Wikipedia <laughs> And gosh Like So this already oh, They're using Asakusa's first name They're using everyone's first name And Uh-oh. that's um, Definitely I'll try to adjust mid-flow As I can but if I say Mirri, or Tsubami, or Sayaka, just know I mean Asakusa, Mizusaki, and Kanemori, respectively.
0: Oh, good. I didn't want to start offering my thoughts about Madoka Magic Magica because I haven't watched it least. No.
1: Okay, so here we go. Uh, Asakusa continues to struggle thinking up a story for the anime while the security club forcefully shuts down another school club working with Azerkin to
0: copy DVD. The transcripts club, no less, because you know what's funny? They mention how they were, you know... Not involved in the Dead Sea Scrolls uh, <laughs> yes. which and, and you know what I know out like how timely that was because there was recently revealed that the Dead Sea Scroll fragments in some I, th- I think it was a washington d c museum I could be wrong on this this is me going from my memory uh, it turns out they're all as fake as a three dollar bill
1: oh, so no. oh, I no. just
0: found that amusing, but they didn't they find something are is is
1: Hammurami's code older than the Dead Sea Scrolls uh, it's quite old.
0: Uh, Please (laughs) please chime in They're both real old (laughs) This is why we're doing an anime podcast and not a history one
1: Yeah, I know I used to know this is what's sad I used to be uh, quite good at history But I was so good at history in high school That I got all this credit And didn't have to take history in college So I didn't, and I forgot everything
0: (laughs) Wow um, uh, How how ironic
1: (laughs) Yes, indeed, very ironic Um, Okay, so uh, the Azerkin advisor plays the handheld video games and <laughs> encourages the club to relax for a bit. Um, so, did you notice uh, the variety of systems? I saw a Game Boy, of course. He was holding that up. Was, was there also, phone also previously? Was there also a Vita or, uh,
0: or a GBA? Something to that effect. Yeah, it was either that or it was just his uh, cell phone. It
1: was very ovular, because there were, like, at least three in that little bin. Mm. Um, anyway, so I, I'm going to say... Could, could be worse. And could Game be worse. Boy could Boy be an end gauge <laughs> A wonder song. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so he plays those games and encourages the club to relax for a bit. Um, Asakusa and Mizusaki decide to, to goof off near a waterway in town, because, you know, they take the guy's advice and they want to have their work feel like play in order to stimulate their imaginations and gain some inspiration. Um, Asakusa falls into the riverbed before Kanamori drags her out. All the while, the trio are trailed by Domeki as she records the sounds they make. The, next the thing... sound
0: of a kappa, no less. Yes. I, I knew it. Yep. I mean, Asakusa is actually eating a cucumber. She is. I, yes. she's, a, she's a kappa. Like... Mm-hmm. I mean, if let's face it, we've, we've jokes about the Sarazamai crossover. If Asakusa was turned into a Kappa by Kepi, I bet you she would look no different as a Kappa. <laughs> She'd just look greener, and that's it. That's <laughs> yeah, totally pretty difference. much. <laughs> um, I mean, Have you seen her, like, Kappa-like grin later in this episode, though, when she just like... <laughs> it was looked, very good. And it just, that was great.
1: It was so good. Um, the next day, the school's vice-principal Cuts off Azakin from the other clubs. They leave this note uh, she does on the door of these clubs saying, Remember, no funds from outside of school. And that puts people in a bind. Uh, Asakusa and Mizusaki take a train to visit Kanemori at her home because she's sick. Uh, and so Asakusa... We will,
0: we will make no timely jokes about this, by the way.
1: No, no, I just can't believe that, like, she, that she took the morning off. Like, you know, she had that line, and she's like, I guess I'm human after all. It's like, what? I didn't believe Bonkers. that. <laughs> Bonkers, I tell you. Um, it was really, it's all according to plan. She There must have been a reason she wasn't really sick. Um, so, let's see, where was that? Um, Asakusa has a flashback on the train to when she met Kanamori in middle school. They were both loners for different reasons, but formed a codependent relationship. I don't... Is it... Mm, not a fan of the word codependent here. I'm going to say that they uh, they use the word they coexist. I feel like that mm-hmm. is more apt. Ca- um,
0: co- camaraderie, I would say.
1: Yeah. Co- codependence to me denotes um, an unhealthiness, which I don't uh, ascribe to this relationship. Um it's mutually beneficial Um, and they're friends like I know we can play around you know and we're not friends we're not kama, and it just means that they're great friends they're friends Um, so while visiting Kanamori in her sickbed Mizuzaki tells Kanamori about the situation and Kanamori shows that her efforts have generated enough media coverage this was great Uh, that the school would only embarrass themselves by shutting down the Azokin's project.
0: (laughs) It's like... Backsmiths were calling Like, you know, you you don't take on a chess master and expect not to lose all your pieces, you know. I know.
1: It's true. Like, in some way, like... In other contexts, I think I would... um, I would have a beef with the show and say, like, "Mm, this was a really convenient way for you to get out of this actual problem. But... It's Kanamori and it makes sense And it, it's really it, You know The groundwork for that move has been laid So I And and for the kind of show it is And these characters it, It's a great move It makes perfect sense I'm down with them mm-hmm. um, Let's see I'm trying to find Trying to find my place uh, Where did I leave off Shadon uh, they were loners for different reasons. Um, Kanamori shows that her efforts have garnered enough media coverage the school would embarrass themselves by shutting down the project. Then, Asakusa reveals she thought up the story that tied all her previous wanderings together about a war between humans and Kappas.
0: Is Kappas
1: really the plural of Kappa? I feel like it's like fish. I feel like Kappa is is plural as well. Would you I thought kappa, this should be a poll.
0: I, I, I thought kappa was that uh, emote from Twitch, so you know I was just going <laughs> to see flying kappa faces, shooting lasers. Um, but well, that's why Twitch makes Askin is not a thing, thankfully. Kappa sounds like not
1: real. I feel like the plural of kappa is also kappa. But listen,
0: <laughs> what? Kappa is also I? the verb, the noun, the mm-hmm. adjective, the adverb it's the, the swiss attack. army knife uh with this
1: new direction Azerken comes closer to finishing the anime but domeki later reveals that something or someone replaced the entire audio track with a strange piano tune and that is the end of episode 11 it ends there with uh we get cliffhanger on a crisis um do we want to talk about 11 or do you just want me to proceed
0: uh, we'll proceed because we'll probably do a bit back and forth on our talk because the thing is I <laughs> think some parts of 12 are very distinctly tied to episode 11 um, so it would probably mm-hmm. best if we do uh, the both as one chunk okay
1: that makes sense for me too so episode 11 is uh, Shibahama UFO Wars or Shibahama uh, Yuto Taisen um, so directed by KSK Inoue a name that is familiar to me Um, I'm not exactly sure why Because I did not check the CV Before this episode I'm looking at it live on the air Keisuke Inoue
0: You were pet pals as kids
1: You're right That's (laughs) it That's 100% It um, I have no idea How I know this person uh, From because So they've done plenty of Storyboarding They've, they've been director of a couple shows, as well as done episode direction. They were director of My Next Life as a villainous All Roots Lead to Doom! Exclamation point.
0: Well, I should uh, hope so if you're a villain. It would be hard, a bit boring if it just led to like you know bureaucracy and tax returns.
1: <laughs> um, if you're an id software developer, all roads lead to doom. Um.
0: Well, eventually, yes. unless you want to start making rage, which please don't. <laughs> all, all roads lead to Daikatana. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> man! And I thought we were in the end times. That's worse by a long shot. This is very bad. Uh,
1: also, uh, they were the director, storyboarder, episode direct, like did a lot of work on something called Auchen can't study. Again, another show with an exclamation mark. So it should be Auchen can't study. That's how you should say it. I don't really see anything else that like, I, that I don't, so I don't know why the name is familiar to me, but oh, also Penpal, Sh- like Shuman Sample, as every single person who's ever worked on Izakun is involved in Shuman Sample.
0: Um, you know, like now, now that you mentioned you, you don't, you uh, you uh, you know them from somewhere, all I can keep thinking of is that, is the reused plot element from Guilty Crown, the million other anime are like, oh, uh, you're this like super cool dude. But we were secretly childhood friends and you were the cool one really that's it doc you've got amnesia that's what it is and you're gonna reveal your secret you're gonna reveal the secret power deep within your hand i hate that that was so
1: (laughs) dumb um please believe that buried from now on don't remind me of it (sighs) okay so summary for this final episode that aired yesterday, as of this recording. Um, after finding out their musician changed the main track at the last moment, and no one checked, Mizusaki begins to panic. And boy, she really does panic. This is a, she's in the flap. This is a good couple minutes of her just like yelling and being mad. Um, with time running out, Asakusa proposes changing the end of the anime to match the music track that they have. <clears throat> Pardon me. Took a like sharp intake of breath accidentally there. Um, and keeping the dance party scene as a DVD extra, <laughs> the look Condomori gives her at that moment <laughs> <It's> so good. <laughs> the headlock, that whole scene, so good. Um, after working heavily through the night to finish their tasks, and by the way, the look, the way that they're all drawn early in the morning when they're going over the final edits at yeah. the computer. <laughs> <laughs> this is harrowing. They look. They look like. I don't know. What's a good. They look like old, beaten-up leather.
0: <laughs> they just yeah. Dead.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, Asakusa's, like early bedhead, uh, you know, in I think it was episode four, mm-hmm. that was bad. But mm-hmm. this was worse. This, this was like. This was like beyond where I was like previously. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And this one was like... <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs>
1: they look like they've been... Uh, they look like the POWs they're depicting. <laughs> oh my rough. God. Jesus. Um, so um, they work through the night to finish... Ezaken, uh manages to finish their anime And Kanamori takes extreme measures To get their DVDs printed Extreme measures being, as you said uh, Using a small uh, handsaw What was it called? Yep. A, a, a Angle agi- grinder a, a what grinder?
0: Angle grinder An angle grinder <laughs> Just threw the door out.
1: So she takes the extreme measures to make sure they get printed. We love the extreme measures. Big pro extreme measures involving Sayaka Katamori. The trio Mm. manage to sell out their DVDs. And after the convention ends, they decide to watch their own finished product. Shibahama UFO Wars. And the show ends there. Or does it? The show ends, but the story of our lovely trio goes on. And that's Keep Your Hands Off Azerkin. Hmm.
0: What a... (laughs) God. I... Well, I'll get into it in a moment, but firstly, we do have a Patreon question. Um, Now, before we begin, uh, I want to just quickly give a shout out to our patrons for a couple of reasons. Um, I actually posted recently about uh, the whole situation that's currently going on at the moment and the understanding that, you know times are tough can't expect people to you know be putting money into a podcast in general especially not yeah. our own uh but people still are uh, that hasn't actually changed in the slightest which is i don't really know what to say about that to be quite honest uh i'm again f- finding words inadequate to convey my feelings on this matter, other than um thank you yeah thank you so much for that i Look, and all right, may, look, and Drink, drinks on change. me, drinks on me when, when this is all <laughs> over, right? We'll all we'll all somehow get together and just get absolutely, completely trolleyed, every single one of us.
1: And things may change, you know, later on for you, this is a fluid, ongoing situation, and again, if a week from now, two weeks from now, a month from now, because of all this economic uncertainty, you need to pull the plug totally like it's it's fine it's totally fine and like because of what we're doing right now like i I, we haven't like done an official policy yet but i think that we're uh, going to start making some more stuff we do um free just because things are so crazy um and if you're a patron you will still get exclusive stuff not least of which is everything that we got going on in discord, which is so great. I love our discord so much, but um but yeah, so ch- changes will be afoot uh, in that regard on our patreon. Uh, look out for that and but but also, like thanks for for sticking with us uh, for for now. like you guys are amazing. We love you all a lot. Um, can, can I say something before you do mirror's question, shit on? Hell, yes. So I just walked into uh, my daughter's room um, You know, with the magic of post-production You will not have known that I left But at some point, while we've been recording I had to step away And my daughter was watching Keep your hands off Azokin <laughs> ah! <laughs> She just started to watch yes! it Yeah Did, Was that completely unprompted? Well, I've been telling her about it off and on Saying, like, you know When you get some time, oh. you should watch this Because... You know she like her mother is an artist a, a bunning artist and she's oh drawing my god she's gonna
0: love this show then
1: and yeah she's like she was halfway through episode two and uh when i went in her room she told me she's like dad i deeply regret
0: not starting watching this earlier <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well that is that is that's so wholesome i oh my god i can feel my heart beating again i thought yeah. it stopped like <laughs> I decades ago you. Oh my God! Well, you know, after she's finished watching this show, you can say so. Well, you know, I do know a podcast you listen to that offers commentary and no, insight. on No, it. no.
1: <laughs> I, I discourage my own family from listening to my podcast for many reasons. Oh, oh
0: God, I, I, I threaten them with I threaten them with violence if they ever want to listen to it. Like, no, we're not having this discussion. <laughs> no, I know you. I know you're listening, my sisters out there. I'm not going to name. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't don't talk to me about this podcast. Keep your hands off it, please. Right, <laughs> right. anyway. <clears throat> oh, boy, right. Okay, so, Mirror's question, and we have two, actually. Uh, one of which, I, I, I feel like I've already answered these, though. Um, but the first one is, was there anything you wanted from this show that you didn't get? Um, I actually have two answers for this one. Uh, the first one is the obvious one, which is, I wanted Domeki in the OP. Hmm. The final episode's OP should have had Domeki in it after she was inducted into the Aizaken. like that's your opening moment they're like dameki you've done a great job you can just see asakusa like reaching up and struggling to get to her shoulder like to pat her on it because she's so tiny and then you know you go to the op after she's inducted and she's joining in with all of it i really wanted that to happen but it didn't if we ever get a season two which i'd be totally okay with by the way mm-hmm. then for my money uh that should be a thing you know um that Domeki gets inducted at the start of like season two, and that's your new OP. It's a very, it's a, like an easy breezy style thing that's brand new, but has got her in it. The second thing I want to say, the av- the other answer is no. But if there's one thing I really want to applaud this show for, um, it's always doing something new and funny with its characters, which also then still sticks to their pre-established like skits. Um, like, the ways in which Asakusa, like, you know, does the Gremlin stuff, Uh, or, for example, uh, with Kanamori doing the angle grinder, which was (laughs) completely unexpected, but paradoxically is completely in keeping with everything we've seen of her before. Um, You know, when she said that she would solve things with money and or violence. So, anything that I, in theory, could suggest, I don't think I would want, actually, to go into the show, because I think the creators have such a great handle on the character beats that they've created through uh, through a and company, and they know how best to use them, that, hey, you know what, you just keep doing what you're doing. I, I trust you. I trust you on that.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm struggling to think of anything because I think... Well, I mean, I just... I, th- I think just more, you know, um, more... Either more of the same or more of them in different situations. I mean, I wouldn't mind, you know, having the girls hang out doing something different. Um, I wouldn't mind having the girls hang out and make more anime. Uh, I just want to spend more time with them. But only if. It's funny, like, I want more, but I'm in no hurry for more. I want. Um, I- I'm willing to wait for quality. Like, I want to make sure that what. If we get more animated, I, 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 it needs to be in the same voice. Whether that is the manga cause, sort of like just kind of channeled through Yuasa, like Yuasa's just f- y- waving them on through, uh, or it's a combination creatively of Sai and Saru, like just like kind of going to town on the source material and adding details. Whatever it is, whatever special magical blend. Uh, or mm. her formula has been concocted for this. I, I I would very much like it to remain in place. Like as much as I want more, if it means sacrificing kind of the feel of this show to get more, I don't want that. I'd be very content with what we have. Um, I don't think that there's anything in these two kind of story arcs that we got that I would really change very much. I mean, I think, you know, it, I kept thinking, I hope that they don't go outside of the confines of of this. I hope that there's not some kind of conflict or I hope that there's not, um, you know, um, like an origin story. And like, then we would, we would get it and it would be delivered in this incredible way that felt really in keeping with everything. And... So, yeah, I can't. I can't really think of anything that they did. I mean, sure, like I did want Domeki and the OP, um, but but otherwise, like, I, I don't know. I think, I think it was just. I mean, the show got it got it just right. I mean, it was the Goldilocks of of anime. Like, it really did hit hit everything, pitch perfect, and always left me feeling, uh, just really great. I mean, whether whether it was like pumped up, chilled out, anything in between, um, it always left me feeling positive. And that's the thing that I loved about it. Also, while I'm thinking about it, I don't know if there will be time to talk about this later or not, but um, just just want to like shout out the music. Yeah, because like. We haven't talked all that much about it, and I'm pulling up the list now to see who is credited with the music. It is um, Urutachi. Um, Urutaichi, I'm sorry. Um, So Urutaichi, uh, props to you, my man. Like, you killed it. Um, And the only other music credit that they have is uh, the Kick Heart movie. Um, So I suppose I should... It's one of the things I haven't seen that UAS has done. I suppose I should check it out, but but yeah, like this show, I feel like it would have lost like a lot without the music that it has. Like yeah. it really lended to like the sense of um, discovery and the real kind of like playful, imaginative vibe that that was going on. And like everything And there was such unique instrumentation Like it sounded like almost nothing else Like That I have heard In an anime soundtrack It made me think of like What other really weird idiosyncratic soundtracks Like you know I don't know like Akira Gave me that feeling too I'm like wow nothing else sounds like this movie This music is balls Like it's crazy <laughs> um, and, uh... Uh,
0: you know, that's a that's an amazing segue, actually, for Mirror's next question, um, which goes... Did I just something say this little... music is balls?
1: I don't know what that means. Ba-
0: you, I, think, yeah, I think you meant baller. Le- leave baller. it in. Leave it in. <laughs> oh, you, that's getting quoted out of context. I know that much. Uh, but um, the next one goes something a bit like this. Uh, will you still listen to the OP every Sunday? I know I will. Oh uh, that's my from Mirror. Uh, to which my answer is no. I will listen to it every day. <laughs> I knew it. I knew
1: it was coming. Um, <laughs> I feel like I will definitely revisit it. Absolutely, it's um, it's it's amazing. Like, and I I can't say that I l- looked at it every time, but I kept the music on. Hmm. I kept the music on because the music is tremendous.
0: It yeah. I I mean. I have not much else to add really on that point other than I hope that we get a proper OST release at some point because I can totally see like listening to some of this stuff like you know for doing work or studying or like let's let's just call it the new lo-fi hip-hop beats you know (laughs) (laughs) well it's so so unique like
1: I could see it becoming almost like a self-parody like anytime like you were suggesting an idea like, if I had a soundboard, <laughs> I would turn on the Greatest World music as yeah. you talked about the idea. I mean, you know, it, it could become, be because it just has such a unique flavor. Like, I mean, it's just, and it's so recognizable. You know, it's not just another orchestral thing. It's not just another um, metal soundtrack or acoustic kind of sparse thing. Like, it is so um, readily identifiable as the Azo Kid music.
0: Mm-hmm. and i have to mention as well like when we talk about the music it's worth remembering that although there is the in-universe explanation that there is music created for the shorts um that the a's could create that's still made by someone in real life mm-hmm. so this music is great not only for what it brings to the show in its own right but also what they understood of the material the character so it kind of gets meta you know like we drill down almost inception like into the next layer and i really think that that shows the craft on display here they were able to accomplish both of those things simultaneously to such a high standard absolutely absolutely i mean that's
1: you could say that about almost any element of the show that the just high standards of quality and from what i know about the studio i think my what i'm about to say is like my, my fears are pretty allayed um but I'm hoping that the crew did not push themselves to the breaking point to give us the standard that we have become so accustomed to in this show. Um, hmm. Because I do not want them, these fine folks, looking like the Azo
0: the morning before Comet A. <laughs>
1: they do <laughs> not need to be looking like that. Or just
0: as we've discussed before, like, you know, how the industry itself is not really you know, the best environment for supporting creators, particularly in terms of like wages and such, you know, and living standards and also yep. the unreasonable workloads upon them. So I think in the end, like, you know, I said I said at length um, before on this podcast about how I was concerned about Azekin was not necessarily practicing what it preaches, so to speak, in terms of, hey, this is all really like cool doing the creative process and making an anime, but in reality, it's hard work. And yet at the very end of it, you know what? There has been a lot of hard graft back done by the girls in it. Yeah. Even despite everything. And it, that's indeed like the final moment of this episode where like something does inevitably go wrong, um, but they make the best of it, which is something I'll come to in a bit. So I'm ultimately okay with it in the end as presented. I think that for the tone the show was going for, the sense of humor it had, but also the sense of joy, that it would have been disingenuous for it to have gone any further, really, in my opinion, in into the realm of, like, deep divisions between the trio or, like, pairs between in the trio itself, you know? Oh, yeah. And also going too hard in on the uh, drudgery of making anime and what it does to people, like, psychologically and physically uh, mm-hmm. in terms of the demands it puts on them. I mean, that is still there. It acknowledges that, certainly. But there's a point in which I think if it had gone too far, it would have clashed with the tone the show was otherwise trying to set. So yeah uh bravo to science for treading the line pretty much all the way to the end pretty flawlessly in my opinion
1: yeah i guess i should address that too because i'm the one who's been beating that drum you know different times i think i need to have a real real hard think about it to to really kind of get my thoughts in order because i just finished watching episodes 11 and 12 for the first time um Right before we record, as I always want to do, <laughs> typically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to say I agree with you. Like, that's my initial gut, is, like, I, that. keeping in mind that this is still, at the end of the day, like a school club that's being presented. And since it is still a school club and not, like, the anime industry as such, like, I think that creates... <laughs> A little bit of uh, necessary distance, <laughs> you know, like we're not where it. Like you said, it, it doesn't feel. It doesn't feel like it's trying, like it's smiling and hiding something behind its back, or it doesn't feel like it's a, you know, just trying to be a puff piece. Like mm-hmm. I, I think, I think there are times when it. It does, in its own way, uh, lampshade um, that anime, like working in it, is extremely difficult and is very, very, very demanding, perhaps too demanding for people to live that way 24 7 365 days a year Even if that's what they want to do Um mm-hmm. I-, I think the show touches on it I just have to th- Again I think really Think about does it touch on it enough Like But again Just off the top of the dome Coming off everything fresh I think again the show First and foremost Wanted to be a celebration of the mm-hmm. process of creating anime. It wanted to uh, educate and I think it accomplished both of those goals. But I do I do think that in its against in small ways, in ways that were not ham fisted, um, it said to to the audience, Hey, um this is not this glamorous, painless Thing. This is uh, something that great sacrifice is required to do it, and mm-hmm. and it's often required because conditions are not ideal. And I think that that is kind of the point worth sticking on, because I think if conditions in the industry were better, what would be asked of people would obviously be less less taxing on them um they would there would be have a more healthy environment but because you know i think the school was maybe kind of a good setting to show that like maybe the production process can be overly fragmented um in some ways Mm -hmm. and that you know lack of communication between different departments can cause these massive screw-ups that end up really almost tanking a production like that's pretty rough. I mean I, I don't I don't think that it ta- it didn't really talk too too much about like labor and what's appropriate and what's fair. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, I but, yeah, I but I think it it's a maybe really finish uh really quickly. Um but but I think you know it, because it is the kind of show it is talking about what it's talking about. I think, I mean, it affected me and you in such a way that we started thinking about this more, even though we already knew about it, and asking more questions and seeing how we could get back. And maybe that's the intended effect. Maybe that's the mm-hmm. idea is like not to hammer home uh, a sort of uh, despairing point, but create uh create something within the viewer that the, a kind of curiosity maybe um to cause them to look into things and see like oh like wow this is really bad um this should not be this way because certainly yeah. people like in science Saru talk about how rough the industry is if you ask them
0: mm-hmm. yeah I'm with you on that and the more I think about it like I think that because it's in, the school setting, as you say, in the club setting, like it is very much an indie and an amateur work combined into one. So I think that it would have to have a change in setting in order to actually properly address those issues if the show had wanted to go in that route to begin with. Um, but it's not. So I think that the problems they face are ones that are sensible in terms of the environment that they're working in. But I would expect that if, you know, we got a season, say, five or whatever, where the trio finally go and make their own full-blown independent studio, that we would then see them come into focus, like, dealing with production committees, for example. Um, But I do think as well that Azekin, as a show, to me, still wants to teach you something, and that's to pay attention to what's going on, both in terms of the actual, like, animation that's being used, but also the demands it places on the creators as well. And I would hope that the takeaway lesson, therefore, as you said, Doc, is okay, I can see that's difficult. And then you go and watch a completely different show, which is not about making anime, but nonetheless was in itself created by someone. Mm-hmm. And you might think to yourself, I wonder how difficult it was to make this scene. And you might, you know, have your interest peaks and, you know, look at it further into that. And then you start discovering, oh God, this is a lot more, like, you know, arduous than I realised. Because I think that it's fair to say that you and I, we came into this show with some... knowledge already of the difficulties and the uh, problems the industry faces. So we already came in arm with that knowledge, but I do think Asa can provide a framework for people to just be a bit more critical uh, and, you know, how shall we say it, to take a closer look at what they're consuming, both in terms of, like, how it was made, uh, like, you know, artistically, but also how it was made in terms of the human uh, cost and demands as well. Yeah, I still
1: have issues with the way episode 4 didn't stick the landing for me. I, I thought the, mm. I, I still think the message was a little muddled in terms of, um, you know, the, that uh, the human cost was sort of downplayed, um, because, oh, it was all worth it in the end. Um, and just my own kind of point of view, like I that, that just didn't sit well with me. But I do think there were other scenes in the show that, that balanced that out pretty well. Like when when they they got paid for doing the robot anime short. Um You do you remember they barely made any money? <laughs> yeah. For
0: all, like that I, I asked who's response to like the one point five million yen or however much it was. That still sticks. That's still there in my memory. So I mean all things
1: considered, like, was it perfect on this score? like i mean to to me just the way i am you can never have too many of the kind of messages that um <laughs> that i that hey these people are being exploited hey labor treated unfairly in this industry as in most ind- as in all industries right um but but all told i think it did an okay job and again like you you know put so well you said it way better than i could that Um, this show, uh, is, has done the job uh, and we know it's done the job because it's done it in us of fostering like that, that curiosity in the brain about like, well, how bad is this really? Like, what is the human cost of making anime? And, you know, you don't have to look very far, um, to find the anime, you know, dormitory project and the new, uh, system making project just to be like wow they have these really concrete statistics about what animators make per drawing, two dollars and per day and per year and it's and they work so hard but they make so little this is um seems profoundly unjust and and that's why like about to plug our own self here. That's why we give 20% of our our Patreon earnings to the new system making project uh because we believe in the anime dormitory folks uh sort of ability to create change um in in this uh in this
0: space. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, definitely do check out their their uh, Laces project by the way I think now more never um, if you can spare some money send it their way it would definitely be appreciated by them um, but you mentioned something doc about how you know you said that I brought up that the show educates you and makes you take a more critical eye uh, this is now a good a time as any for me to get into my first talking point which relates to episode 12 specifically and let's talk about the actual showing of Shibahama uh, UFO wars here because if there's one thing I want to know about watching this, um, there are no asides in it. There's no commentary from, like, director's commentary, even if you want to call it that, from Asakusa, from Kanemori, or from Mizuzaki. We get to see pretty much the entire thing as it is presented to the audience uh, who we see, you know, put the Blu-rays or the DVDs in their players. Uh, the, like, for example, the restaurant owner, the art club, uh, even Mizuzaki's grandmother, uh, who I would have sworn from implication had passed away in the interim. I think it was the the vice principal. That was the vice I'm sure that was zaki's grandmother. Because I um, I could be wrong.
1: The old lady, um the the elderly lady uh watering the flowers in episode eleven. I believe that was her that put the disc in.
0: I could be wrong on that. But anyway, uh that's Mootin really. Um the point is though, like first off I love, again, how it's bringing us into this show uh, and the shot itself by putting us on the same level as the audience here. We're seeing it, you know, as they do. Now, granted, uh, this is in complete opposition to episode four's presentation where the audience, um, like, you know, we see, like, the, the casing flying out of the screen, for example. But I was okay with it in that case because that, to me, felt like it, you know, the show selling to us, the impact it was having on them. Like, you know, that was the A's first, like, big test which they passed. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we were on board at that point and so were the people who had seen it, but obviously there were people trying to get in the way, like the student council. Um... But this time around, we're now aligned with the rest of the audience members. We're seeing it as they see it, which in of itself is a really neat point. I like that we simply get to see the finished products as is without, you know, any uh, asides or the like. But then I think it goes further than that. And I think it actually goes to show a really healthy respect for the audience on the part of the show itself. Because it's asking you through showing Shiba Hammer UFO Wars to apply everything it's taught you. To apply everything that the show has told you about what it's done to see, oh, I recognise that—that's repeated animation. Oh, I recognise this as a directional touch in order to, like, you know, show the duality of the two forces. Like, the fact that you know we see so many repeated animations of the Kappas and the humans, like, you know, just mirrored, for example, with the obvious aesthetic changes that they have. Like, that is both in of itself in terms of its creation, a cost-saving measure, a time-saving measure, but it helps reinforce Asakas' point that the film now has, that they are, you know, basically the same. They're just fighting over, you know, miscommunication. So I really, really admire the show for having, you know, the respect it has for the audience that I find so lacking in so many other shows, particularly the ones that, you know, fan service fests. Like, it... It has said to you throughout all of 12 episodes thus far, we're going to tell you so many things about how this works. We're going to show you, like for example, how things cut together, how tweeting works, how audio is produced. Uh, we're going to show you the creative process in terms of inspiration and locations. Uh, and then it's not so much a final exam for the audience as in us, but rather it's more of a, now let's see what you make of this on your own terms with everything that we have taught you. Yeah. And I will say... I don't know if this is intentional or not, but I got a very strong mixture of both Miyazaki and Mamoru Oshi Oshi vibes in this. Like, Mm -hmm. particularly with the construction of the underground, like, you know, mechanics. Like, it felt a little angel's egg to me. Mm. Which was not the mood I was expecting to see in Shiba UFO Wars. But it's funny, because this will come back to the point I'm going to make about Asakusa's decision to change the story in a little while. I I think it really, really works for the piece that they were trying to go for. It was kind of like... I, I, more in the end, it felt like very somber, but I think it works. And oh yeah. Be, and bear in mind, like that's in like stark contrast to the tank girl um fight, which in and of itself was just more of a demonstration. But it wasn't like you know any deep like examination of humanity or anything like that. And then, of course, you get the uh, the robot one, which was just more giant robots are cool. What more do you need than that? Um. But yeah, like kudos to the show's creators and also the mangaka, who I presume delivered this in much a similar way for presenting it as is, um, which is great in terms of aligning us with the audience but also showing the respect to us as viewers that hey, I hope you've taken something away from this, you know, something that you will use going forward when you critically analyse, or even just casually consume a piece of work, like you'll have a greater appreciation for what you watch so, two thumbs up on that point alone Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean it was a beautiful story, wasn't it? Like, I was um, really, I was really impressed at like the storytelling in in their short and the kind of story that was told. Um, just like, a, uh, yeah, it, it was. It was not a simple like solution, you know. It was really kind of tragic, like two, two individuals on different sides of the war, like uh of a of a long-standing war like that actually i'm sorry not a long-standing war a war that like um i can't remember if it's been going on for a long time or not but those civilizations were meant to be uh like at peace with one another it's just Mm -hmm. that their method of communication it just broke down after so long of each, each civilization on their own deciding to be insular and concerned with their own needs first over time they just forgot about talking to each other
0: and- you know what it sounds like the last time I tried running a raid guild in World of Warcraft <laughs> <laughs> it was just to break down oh. communication over time and we ended up fighting each other after some <laughs> server transferred The pricks Now nah, it's all fiction I did that didn't actually happen although there was a fair bit of guild drama in my time in World of Warcraft ah oh, i miss those days a little bit i will say <laughs> <laughs> not for the drama
1: <laughs> oh and i liked i i really enjoyed how like the the ships would just fly in front of their their ally to to protect their quote-unquote enemy and uh mm-hmm.
0: it was just so lovely it was, somef- it was a really yeah, lovely um... there was something very organic about the kappa ufos like floating almost like petals coming off a tree uh that's the impression i got when they first came out of the water
1: yeah, um, almost a jellyfish as well, propelling themselves upward. Yeah,
0: and then we get uses of repeat animation in the in the thing as well, like with the drones walking out of the assembly line. I mean, it's the same animation cycle for each of them, repeated over and over. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay with that. And when the uh, human uh, ships launch again, repeat animation cycle, you can see it there, but it works um, totally. And, and also, tell... even the very sorry, one. Oh, yeah, I, was
1: just say, I feel like you could tell. <clears throat> a lot of in in a lot of cases. Oh, this cut was done by Mizusaki. Look at all the look at how shiny the ship is. <laughs> look at all this
0: mm-hmm. fancy detail. And
1: then some of them would be a lot rougher and be like, oh, well, I bet this wasn't a Sakasa
0: cut. <laughs> exactly. Um and also um God, what was I gonna say now? Uh ah, it'll come to me later. Never mind. Um so yeah, that's my that's my first talk point. Uh I I have to say as a work in its own. Like I oh actually, no, now I remember. Uh I also loved how it even got a little experimental and a little, dare I say, lynchian, with how, you know, we had the uh, diagrams like showing the kappa like history and such and the arrows pointing from one side of the screen to the mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. That was that was unusual, but I appreciate it. I think it works for the piece, like, you know, because it's not there's no no spoken dialogue in it, really, to be quite honest. Which I would have thought that there was actually voice actors being cast for it, but I guess they must have caught it well, in the end. It there really... definitely was. <laughs>
1: but but I think, um, yeah, I guess that was part of how, like, screwed up the audio track was that, like, it was just the music and they didn't get the uh, track well, with I the, suppose, uh, the V.
0: I suppose it's time for me to confess I'm the one who supplied them with that audio track. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do it. Oh, no. You... I just... No. How could you... Shadon. Hey, it works out for the best
1: in the end, How let's could. be fair. <laughs> Just as There planned. was only, like, one vocal, and it was, like, some people screaming for, like, half a second. <laughs> that was the only vocal. <laughs> the rest was all music. It was really, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, like, um, the dialogueless nature of it helped uh, give it, um, helped it pop, I think, and, and give it, like you said, a sort of experimental vibe.
0: Yeah, it, wor- it works really, really well. I mean, the other two shots, like, The robot one, really, in my mind, is very simplistic in terms of its story. And you know what? That's not me dissing it, by the way. I'm just pointing it out what it is, and it works. Like, hey, there's a crab monster. let's go send our robot to fight it. What more do you need? Come on. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Tangil one as well, you know, similar kind of thing. But here, like, you know, I think Asaka's really stepped up to the plate to actually deliver on an act, a good, solid story. It's not anything that I would say you've not heard of before. I mean, the prisoner swap kind of thing, I'm sure, has been done in many works of fiction. But so what, you know, like originality is dead. I mean, go read Joseph Campbell if you want to, you know, mm. to have the autopsy report on that. <laughs> um but I still think it worked really well that she that for the first like genuinely heavy story-driven like thing that she came up with. It was pretty solid, and again, like the reason I'm telling you all the here, folks, is because the show Nice invites us to comment on it. Indeed, Mizuzaki actually says, "I wish I had some genuine criticism." She does. So it yeah. so it opens up the floor for us to to look at it and examine it as its own work on its own merits. And I think there's plenty to it that they've clearly thought about, not just beyond in terms of, like, you know, the animation fidelity. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, bravo to the material, bravo to Science Saru for doing that and for treating the audience with a significant amount of respect, which I really, really appreciate.
1: So I think we can agree, Shadon, on my next point, is that uh, I think Science Saru has given us, like, not only the character of the year, but maybe the new character of the decade, like the avatar for in, all of anime moving forward in Sayaka Kanamori. Yeah.
0: Well, can I... You know what? I've been thinking of something, actually, because I was going to talk about this. Um, do you remember when you and I did the Valhalla podcast? Of course. I think I mentioned to you in that that it felt to me like the character of uh, Dana Zane uh, was someone who existed in the creator's head and they just had to unleash them on the world. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that they knew that they had spun, like, gold there. And I feel the same about Kanamori, to be quite honest. Mm. Like, I think Asakusa is great. I think Mizuzaki is fine in her own right, but sure. I think that she's more grounded than anything else. She's not prone to, like, sticking out... Um, appropriate enough given her character actually as it happens which is not i'm not pointing her down by the way i think she's a fine character but there's a very clear hierarchy in terms of like the memorable characters for me and eizekin and kanamori is definitely top with asakusa coming second um so i would agree with you though like kanamori is robot club captain guy make the list of memorable characters <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> i'll get back to you on that one
1: oh man oh I, I'm digressing from my own point, but like it made me this character discussion made me think, are you satisfied with um, the, the sort of lack of screen time that the student council got in the last episode? I mean, I'm, and it's impossible how you, I think about like how to fit them in, but like they seem to be in, asserting themselves more as a, a kind of greater force in the story. Um, as time went on, but they they didn't really have a lot to do with the finale. They kind of got, you know, they did the little raid, and then um, Kanamori basically just killed
0: them off screen, so to speak. I'm okay with that. I think that they had their time really in episode 10, and then to a lesser extent episode 11. But I do think it actually fits the show that the real problem that they run into at the end is one of an unforeseen-like complication. Yes, yes. Because there's a lot, like kanamori like defeating the student council that was something she could plan for and she did so it's no surprise that they would be like you know the penultimate final boss but the final boss as it as to me makes more sense is the one that oh we've got a deadline to meet we've got i don't know 10 hours 12 13 14 however many it is uh, and this audio track it's great for a different show entirely, not this one. Yes, yes. So what what in the flying blue F do we do? Uh, I think it actually fits the the show's... um, I think it fits what the show's trying to say, especially given what happens as a result of it, which is that, it again, it enforces the idea of art coming from adversity. Like, Mm -hmm. sometimes you can do more with less. Like, Asakusa actually, in my opinion, legitimately makes the story better through the change she implements, where she concedes, hey, you know what? It's not as simple as, you know oh, they reconcile and it's all gravy. Like, no, the, the point is that they have to keep on fighting. And, you know, to try and make things better, they can't simply be complacent and let it go. I'm like, for, for, for a gremlin like her, uh, that Kappa. is a very, especially someone who, okay, Kappa, yes. Kappa gremlin, there we go. We'll, we'll, we'll split the difference. For someone like her, I'm not saying the Sakaso is immature, far from it, but she's also not really had a mind for story uh and like theme and idea really in my opinion or at least hasn't really ever kind of fleshed out beyond the basics like conceptuals yeah Um, i thought that was a very very cogent point for although i have to ask you Doc, you obviously couldn't have missed the fact that the kappa story was originally based on her experiences with kanamori Mm -hmm. like you know two people who from disparate sides coming together um do you think actually... In fact, no, I've realized it's even more genius. Do you think it actually is uh, very uh, sagely on her part to recognize that she and Kanamori will always continue to be busting heads if they were to continue doing the Askin project? Because they'll always find ways to disagree, like her own production versus her doing creative stuff. Do you think that maybe t- helps the story still gel with her own experience? Um... I think it does. And I think that makes it even better. Holy shit. So, so is what,
1: what you're asking if, like, the Kappa-Human conflict is, um, kind of reflective of uh, Kanamori and Nasakusa's relationship, to some degree? Yes. Their working relationship? Yeah, Um, I think,
0: well, I think the initial draft of it, before the change, was that they, you know, they misunderstood each other, but then came to coexist. That's why she calls it coexistence, you know, as the theme of the work. Um, but if there's one thing again the show has made clear as it's got along is that they continually do butt heads not in a you know overly like yelly shouty way i mean kind of more does try to strangle her but we let bygones be bygones it's neither in or there that she tried to murder her um so i think that you know the change still reflects the reality of their relationship which is not that you know they got to that starting point and then it ended you know they don't have to conflict anymore rather they'll continue butting heads But that's fine. That's part of the creative process. You know, there is always going to be compromise and sacrifice and mutual understanding that's necessary. So I think that Asakusa realizing that um, and making the change in her work is also reflective of her understanding her relationship with Kanamori Bear, which I think is super neat. Like, I'm glad that they kept it, you know, the parallel between the two, even after the change. Yeah, I think
1: you put it actually really well. Like, she feels like this fully like fleshed out character like that was inhabiting someone's mind and it just brought to life fully formed and um i don't know if i want if i i started to say like she feels like a real but like i don't know if she (laughs) she feels really real or realistic but i mean
0: how many people i mean to be fair how many people do you know who kick down doors of angle grinders to get dvds made of anime too few i mean i know a few i know a (laughs) few few. Uh, well no no, um she's larger than life is hard to
1: describe totally um and uh, but but that's but that's really great and she's larger than life but she still has um like she still has uh, multiple kind of dimensions to her Mm -hmm. like she's not totally straightforward it, it to be like simplistic like there's there's stuff going on there, you know what I mean? Like, she's not just simply, like, uh, the gruff manager with the heart of gold. Because, does she have a heart of gold?
0: I'm not sure. <laughs> it's
1: buried deeply she, under she the... she'd,
0: have, she'd, have, she'd have pawned it off if she had one. <laughs> but you know that for yeah, a fact. That's the
1: thing. Is she's but no, so... she, she
0: has a grounded origin, I think is what you yes. need to say. like Because uh, <laughs> her origin story as Mini Mori is... Eminently relatable, like, you mm-hmm. know, a, a place of familiarity that is ultimately taken from her through forces outside of her control. And she, as Alex put, it, will, you know, play within the system, uh, bend rules as necessary in order to make sure it doesn't happen again. And like she, um, you know regardless of
1: what she may say, she really cares about the other members of that club. Like mm. she really, really does. And I think if it would not work this character if she was totally selfish and completely driven by money for her own kind of gain mm-hmm. but uh what
0: what she what she values is not money but security in my opinion
1: mm hmm sure sure and um and like creativity like not like because she's not a creative but like producing something and making something and it's like she said I like mean, there's, you no, say, there's no there's no better say barometer of quality right that is what she would say than if you how much you get paid for what you make
0: hmm. i mean you do say she's not a creative but i mean to come up with that solutions game the dvds <laughs> made by angle grinding their way through this what presumes be a mob's like a mob boss's door. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty creative that solution, was, in my that was opinion. very good. That was so good. <laughs> Hi. I'm here with the data. <laughs> Stephen King could have drained up a better scene. Gosh. He's tried. I mean, it doesn't even compare. I feel like, yeah, I mean,
1: as much as the show is like about imagination and the power of, um, kind of the synthesis of, like, art and life and, like, what art can do for you and how experience informs your creativity and, like, imagination being um, this thing that is, like, just human magic. Like, those things are, like, the the domain of Asakusa, chiefly, but also Mizuzaki gets to play around in that. And yet, Mm -hmm. the personality that I'm going to think of when I think of this show is I'm going to think of Kanamori, like because her personality is like, is so huge and like overshadows the other two and, and really provides them a platform to help get done their creative stuff. And, th- and that seems fitting because the show really is about like showing you everything it takes for like human beings to like all that they undergo and all that cost, like to bring you the entertainment. And so, mm-hmm. who better to be like the kind of representative of the show in my mind than the person who made it all together, who was the logistics
0: person? Absolutely. Right. Uh, my next talking point let's talk about the origin story of Kanemori and Asakusa meeting and becoming. I'm going to use the word friends here. Like they call it comrades, but I think that Asakazo is using the term comrades in the same way that she views the rest of the world, which is that she applies this kind of like coat of paint with how she interacts it. to like yeah. give it like a different language, like the way that nerds do like you and I do, like, you know, when we call, you know, start game, like how, or how people might even gamify things, that kind of thing, you know, where they apply a layer of fiction to put a spin on reality, which is what us is all, all about. Now, there are two things that I should note in this scene. Um, one of which is the exercise that they're doing in the physical education class, uh, which is literally leaning on, you know, each other. Like, you know, I'm going to bend backwards and you're gonna, I'm going to support you and vice versa. Um, apart from the fact that Kanamori is already twice Asakusa's size, I don't know how that would have worked. <laughs> no. um, but the teacher is correct in the assertion that, you know, like, um, you can't do this alone. Now, that's the obvious message. Like, it's pretty crystal to me. But what I think is really noteworthy is that when Asakusa gets goes with Kanamori and takes the train, she knows uh, as she goes to the train station. I've never been on one before because I don't do well in crowds. Like I would only I would want to go with a friend. And then what's her reaction when she's on the train? She is you know excited by it. She's like I didn't realize these things were so awesome. Yeah, but. I think that that is in itself, like, you know, another way of looking at the relationship that they have in that Kanamori empowers her to go out into the world and then be inspired by the things that she sees around her. Um, And I think that's a really key point to, like, their relationship in that it's not just that, like, Kanamori, you know, is able to make Asakusa do things and keep her in check, like, you know, to make sure that the job gets done, but also gives her a power, like, you know, or empowers her to go out into the wider world and learn from it like that to me feels like a pretty revolutionary moment for her. Like, you know, that she gets to enjoy the trains for the first time and then start doodling all these amazing things. Like it's a black hole generator, you know? (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) I, I love that. I, I love the, I love the subtlety of that moment, how it makes the point that, you know, we do need support, but it's not just in the literal sense of, you know, like producing and stuff like, but also to give us confidence to go out into the world and do things with it as a result. Um, so that's why i think that they are truly inseparable like and in turn you know like kanamori i do think that as you say she does get a lot of her her friendship with sakusa and um so yeah i i really really like that moment how it played into all that and i think it's true for a lot of creatives who are anxious or nervous that you know sometimes they do need a friend who might not necessarily be a crazy themselves but someone who can push them onwards
1: yeah totally absolutely like um yeah, they're more than just people that like to hang out together. Like they sort of uh, help fuel the things that like give uh, the the things that give each of their lives kind of color and I don't say meaning because that sounds a little extreme, but like the the things that they look forward to about getting up in the morning, right? Um, oh, I'm gonna create something today, or like I could you know, make some money and or like, uh, produce, help, help produce the thing, help other people, like help make something happen, get stuff done. Um, like th- each of, uh, Asakusa helps Kanamori do that and Kanamori helps Asakusa do that. And so mm-hmm. it's like this, I don't know, it's, it feels like that maybe that's, That's part of why they're Nakama, not just Tomodachi, not just like buddies, but they're like friends because like they like they're not just people that get together and chat and have some things in common. Like they drive each other forward and help lift each other up in terms of like their passions, which is cool, Mm -hmm. which is a more like classical Aristotelian definition of friendship, which we don't have to get into. But but yes, um, I like that and uh mizusaki's cool too
0: (laughs) oh yeah Uh, i feel i feel like her part in the show kind of saw came to an end with the resolution of her own arc but that's not a bad thing necessarily yeah Uh, i it was a really important arc oh definitely definitely but then we just need to have time to let the other two shine and finally see them you know gross people that they are so yeah i think it uh I think that scene works wonderfully uh, and paid off really well, especially over the course of the following episode as well. Yeah, right. selling, uh, leaves. <laughs> <laughs> selling leaves, selling so leaves. We're, we're grilling fish in point on. So, okay. Uh, over oh, to you, Doc.
1: Oh, what do I want to say? I didn't take any notes for this one, so you know, because I'm I'm just not in a space to to be, uh, to have like notes laid out and and have uh the ability to take notes like I usually do, but um I you know, talked about the, the their advisor, who, by the way, can I just say, shouts to that guy. Shouts to the the neck man who, who wanted his shoulders to his be beard was weighing up. heavy.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> because um like, you know, now uh we see that he's sort of the unseen uh he's an unseen hero as well. Like he has to be at school (laughs) whenever they're Mm in school, which is constantly. (laughs) So he's just like basically living in this old beat up car, playing video games all the time, instead of at home doing something. I don't know that he probably would rather be doing. So shouts to you, uh, heavy beard guy. Um, (laughs) But I I love um, his message of like uh, make work like play and sort of, kind of make it feel that way and add that into it, and uh, there are of course really corny ways to do that, but I think that the Eizouken found a perfect way that fit their work to do that, because they really benefit from these field trips, and this is, you know, a huge part of what helped tie together all those loose threads in Asakusa's head, Um, and ended up, you know, because we we were like, ah, she's getting distracted again, she's thinking up a new story, it's not connecting, but like, They all ended up connecting. And so it was good that she like had all those threads to begin with. And because she was allowed to like kind of relax and do work in a different way. That's not just like sit at desk, produce. um, It was able to kind of unlock something for her and she was able to make the best thing she's ever made. And that rules. And that is something that we could all stand to do a little more of like and yeah i mean bosses of the world watch this show
0: (laughs) exactly right then um i have one final talking point um that and i suppose it's appropriate and fitting for me to use this as the final one i want to talk about the ending scene I have long spoken on this podcast of the idea of endless endings. And I've spoken at the very start of this particular episode about the fact that I do feel sad that we're not going to get any more Eizekin in anime form at least, but I'm okay with that. And this ending is a big part of the reason why because what more fitting a way to end this magnificent show than to have it go out on the greatest world. Literally. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what I love about it as well is that it starts off with Osakasa so bursting into the Azekin Film Club and clearly excited about something. This, to me, with the following scene of The Greatest World and all the things we've seen them add to it, like the spaceships, the robot, you know, Kappa UFOs, all that stuff. It's the implication that they're going to keep building and adding to it. They're going to keep growing their world and cultivating it. You know, adding new things into it all the time. And... That's why I'm so happy with the ending, even though I'm not happy to see the show end. Mm -hmm. Because it speaks of, you know, much greater things to come that we can now imagine. Uh, We can imagine doing whatever they want, you know, like they're going to keep on going. And that for me, like, you know, leaving us wanting more, but with the promise that more is something that will happen, it's just not going to be canonical necessarily. That's fantastic. What an amazing way to end the show. It just felt so perfect. Like the most pitch perfect ending to probably any anime short of like my other top two that I mentioned, save for maybe Land of Lustrous because it technically isn't over. Um, But yeah, like what more do I need to say than like, well, we got introduced to The Greatest World in episode one and we leave, but we see how much more has been built up into it as a result of all of the things that have transpired.
1: I know, I know. And I love that like, you Know we got to see like people walking out onto their balconies after watching it, and then like the little little shoots of it appearing all- around the edges. You know, the buildings popping up that was so
0: rad, yeah, exactly. Um, by the way, if you want a picture or like a moment from episode 12 that sums up my mood for this show, I think I might mention it, but I'll just mention it again cozy Osaka, sir. Just where she's, you know, got the big blanket around her with the bunny and, like, you know, closer. And she's just content of watching her own work with her friends. Like, you know, they've got pizza and all that. There's something really, really cozy about all of it. And it just made me feel very chill and very happy as a result of that. I was smiling through that entire scene, so.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, <sighs> it was like, oh man, it was such a good ending. Like, and I, you know, you know, she saying, like, there's still a lot we can we can do there's still a lot we can improve on and like so there's a lot that the club can improve on obviously like they can you know make bigger better work they could make uh work larger in scope they could make deeper work they could improve the production process they could improve communication between departments they could uh become professionals you know but like also, I like to think that this is like, you know, a little little message here to the anime industry, like there's still a long way to go, and there's still a lot more that we, as professional animators, um, can do to get better. But not just professional animators. I mean, but like kind of the what I actually do mean is like that overarching structure that is the anime industry that is the thing that like you know really uh exploits those people. So like it's sort of a rallying cry to animators to keep fighting the good fight, but also but also like, hey um production committees and people holding the money, like you have a long way to go too. You could do so much better. Like I feel like it was like the perfect line to, to end it on is like, you know, w- what we've seen has been, has been amazing. It's really been amazing. And it's not over. There's nowhere to go but up. Like, we can keep improving together. Um, maybe if we just don't make the mistake that the Kappas and humans made. Maybe if we talk to each other and let each other know what we need maybe we won't fall into that deep-seated conflict
0: mm-hmm. absolutely right, uh, I'm all done on talking point stock. do you have anything else you want to add? <sighs> not really, man I mean, I'm you know,
1: I'm sad it's, I am sad it's over as much as I 100% am behind what I had said before like, don't, please don't give me subpar Azokin, I only want the best Azokin I'll be sad mm-hmm. to see these three go. I mean, I, I really I have truly enjoyed spending time with them every single week. It's been it's been a highlight of twenty twenty, which is
0: a bad year. <laughs> but they have made it made it good in, in spats. They have indeed. Right then. Um I suppose that brings us to the end of the of this particular podcast. Uh thank you very much for everyone who's listened. Uh, I suppose should we reveal now what we'll be covering next? Sure, throw it out there. So, uh, it's a little show called Listeners, which is coming out in the next anime season. Do you have more info about it to hand, Doc? Because I vaguely remember the premise from when we discussed it, but with everything that's been going on, like, you know, it's completely left my memory. Um, um, will you pull up the premise
1: while I say that it is, uh, I believe it's a MAPPA-produced show, which, um, you know, we we have seen some, some good MAPPA on this podcast, um, I have seen some plenty of good mappa in my lifetime. Um, they have some very talented folks there and they have uh Daisato as the head writer who, you know, has written scripts for a few little anime, such as Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, and Cowboy Bebop. So Daisato, pretty accomplished writer. <laughs> um excited <laughs> that they are uh that they are doing this one, that they are the head writer on this, it should be, it should be super, uh, should be super interesting and well written. Like I recall, the premise being um, good. Do you have
0: it to hand? I do indeed. Uh, so according to my anime list, the synopsis goes something like this: set in a world where the concept of music ceases to exist. Oh God, I things couldn't get much worse. But woofed. I don't think I'd be okay with David Bowie suddenly like. Being wiped from history. Uh, but anyway, or the story just begins being when like, a boy. Um, a postman, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, but the story begins when a boy encounters Mew. Oh, God, that's. Didn't we have someone like that in the past, or am I thinking of someone else? I might be thinking of Mew from uh, Elf and Lead. <laughs> anyway, uh, when a boy encounters Mew, a mysterious girl who possesses an audio jack, uh, audio input jack in a body. Oh, shit, it's Mel like Solid Ground Zeroes. No! no 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 no. now no. now that's been done before no i'm joking uh the two intermingle with the history of rock music yes and embark on unfor- unforgettable journey bit of a premise here i admit on mal but i will take it because it's you know i mean it seems like a road trip that's centered around rock music what more could you possibly want with that uh, I would be remiss, by the way, if I didn't mention that Mew is voiced by Rie Takahashi, who ooh. is the voice of Mash Light in the various uh, Fate Grand Order uh, films and such. And I think, if I'm looking at this right... Uh, ooh, uh, uh, where is it? I'm, I'm sure that I saw it. Uh, she is also the voice of Amelia from ReZero. Good voice actor. Gooden indeed so we'll be uh covering that as of when it starts airing which i think might very well be next week i'm sure we'll find out um but yeah uh april the 4th it says it starts here according to Mel. uh broadcast on a saturday no less so it looks like we'll be doing our usual uh monday slot for this one mm, good stuff good stuff yep right um well that's it shall we uh so we take us away doc if you would please well oh actually rate, uh, before we do the episode before, before we... We... <laughs> oh god we do yes i man it, my head's so pickled um i'm gonna say that for episode 11 i liked it a lot as i did with all of them but i do feel like some of the sections of it where they're wandering like the waterways for example was more of the same exploring like for inspiration which does pay off and don't get me wrong um but but i didn't feel quite as engaged with those moments as i did say with the stuff with kanamori and asakusa but that's just me as a character driven kind of guy Mm -hmm. uh so i will give that one um i'll give that one 4.5 uh you know raccoon dog catching nets out of five because there's an amazing moment when asakusa gets netted by kanamori yes yes (laughs) who's that pokemon (laughs) um and then for episode five uh sorry five on my talk, you know i've just spoiled my rating haven't i ah. uh for episode 12 uh i am going to in the end give it five out of five uh paper bags over the head
1: mm. oh that was such a great like or do the publicity stunt will will intrigue people that <laughs> they think that you're you just you have to hide your identity because you made this anime oh kanamori is a genius mm-hmm. um yeah, I I am I'm gonna give uh I think I'm going to give Hmm. <sighs> I'm really stuck, man. I really liked both of these episodes so much, but I don't know if, if either one got me to the full five. Oh
0: descent in the ranks i see
1: i think i think i might go 4.75 uh oh for both of them uh so a little higher than you on 11 and a little lower than you on the ending but like virtually we split the difference virtually you know top marks um like yeah it's it's basically for for it's the the way that i do that, that i feel like five stars for me works is um like if i have to ask then it's probably not the full five like it's like i yeah, I, I, know, I you know i know it's five yeah it's
0: an inst- it's an instincts kind of thing isn't it so i i understand you on that mate yeah yeah i still think you're wrong it, but i understand you <laughs> it could very
1: well just be the environment that i'm watching in because you know shit be crazy right now and uh, out of sorts and discombobulated uh, Doc does not make for, like, an optimal optimal anime viewer. So <laughs> it could just be that um, and take that under consideration. But I, I like them an awful lot. Um, so 4.75 uh, stolen uh, leaves uh, out of 5.
0: <laughs> All right, then. Well, um, I suppose that brings us to the end of this particular podcast. But you know what, folks? Like, um, for me if i'm actually to steal this out from doc here and uh, take us out because i've just had a thought okay um we of course are in uh difficult times all around for everyone right now i'd be remiss if i didn't mention that um so i first off want to thank you for listening uh you the viewer at home uh, i want to thank our patrons again for their continued support not and by the way i mean financially but rather just in terms of you know helping form a part of our community and being uh great people to engage with it's really been helping me through this um so thank you for that i hope that you know whoever's listening to this that you make the best of a bad situation here that's not by the way for me encouraging you to go out stay the fuck at home um unless you absolutely must leave the house for reasons that the government will tell you to me and the government are not normally in alignment but you know what i mean but rather what i mean to say is that you know Take uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of your loved ones. Stay in touch with people. Uh, just ask them how they're doing, you know. Shoot the breeze with them. Say some silly stuff. Go watch some stuff together via group watches, however you want to do it. Play some multiplayer games. Um, all that kind of good stuff there. Do what you can. Uh, we will get through this. I am very certain of that. It's just going to be difficult for a time. Um, and if I had one other piece of advice I would give, it's to... Um, have something in mind for when this is all over, something to look forward to, someone you might want to meet, you know, or some place you want to go that you've otherwise felt you didn't want to do before. Uh, I'm certainly holding on to some of that stuff myself. But, you know, when we f- close out these podcasts, we often end with that refrain from uh, Macross, you know, of embrace each other, everyone's the ends of the universe, which is, you know, cheesy but uh, likeable in its own right. I love but it. Speak not I'd, an ill word of it. I would not. But, you know what? I think on this particular occasion, and given the show that we've just, you know, covered, and the times it calls for, if there's one takeaway message that I can give you from Azokan, it would, of course, be easy breezy. Good night, everyone. Good night.
1: We would like to thank Maso Soundworks for allowing us to use his track GPS for the intro to our podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Maso Puppy. We would like to thank Phil Dragash for our incredible podcast album artwork and twitter banner you can find him on twitter at phil dragash and of course we'd be remiss if we didn't thank our incredible lovely patrons god bless you for your support and if you would like to become a patron head on over to patreon.com slash shouts to my wife and kids for always putting up with me and for everyone listening out there don't give up fam find the courage to take one step forward